Alcatraz Island, once known as the most secure federal prison in America. Now a mysterious space left with nothing but the memories of its past inhabitants. But the story goes much deeper. Just look beneath the rock. Hello and welcome to Fence In, where we talk about different repest and fence groups. Who fought back? In this episode, we're going to be talking about the American Indian Alcatraz occupation. They came to the island after a fire destroyed San Francisco's American Indian Center. They saw the unused land of Alcatraz and decided it was time to claim it. They glared at the land in, a, in front of them, felt the waters cold and opaque. They knew what was to come, but they needed their rights. Over time, they encountered many hardships and challenges. But they didn't stop when times got hard. They were there because of the history of their ancestors. They were there to educate. They were there to make a change. But there were many downsides. The government did not like this at all. They shut off the electricity at Alcatraz, so they had to use fires to make their food. There was no heating and everyone was cold. Some people donated money, but that cash unfortunately went to pot instead. Somebody even donated a $15,000 boat, but they never even found a captain. But it wasn't all that bad. As the months wore on, the activists established a school and started a radio station. They cooked and cleaned together. They talked, shared stories, drummed and planned together for the future. Native American college students and activists flocked to join the protest, which also meant more reporters. And some of those people started disrespecting the Native Americans by eating their food, taking photos, and bringing drugs and alcohol to the island. More Native American activists came to the island and marked down their names in a large book. It was a logbook where they recorded their names, dates, and tribes. They also made an important declaration on sheepskin. It was called Alcatraz Proclamation to the Great White Father and His People, 1969. We feel that this so-called Alcatraz Island is more than suitable for an Indian reservation as determined by the white man's own standards. Mm. By this, we mean that this place resembles most Indian reservations in that... One, it is isolated from modern facilities and without adequate means of transportation. Two, it has no running water. Three, it has inadequate sanitation facilities. Four, there are no oil or mineral rights. Five, there is no industry and so self-employment, so unemployment is very great. There are no healthcare facilities. The soil is rocky and non-productive and the land does not support game. There are no educational facilities. The population has always exceeded the land base. And number 10, sort of stop the numbers for a minute. The population has always been held as prisoners and kept dependent upon others. What fantastic. The proclamation allowed the Native American tribes on the island to stay what they needed. And finally, after that, people started respecting them, including the government, which was a big accomplishment. But their occupation soon came to an end. It was a cold morning and mist wrapped around the border of Alcatraz Island as tribal members gathered around a glowing fire. The sea left a sing lingering smell of fish in the cold, brisk morning air. Yvonne, Oak's 13-year-old daughter, wandered about the many halls. Then, suddenly, she fell down three stories and hit her head at the bottom. 
She died five days later, making her dad, Richard Oakes, leave the island behind. And that was the last rupture. Native American students that came to the protest soon had to leave to go back to school. Their lives were unsustainable there. Then in June 1971, 18 months after the protest began, the last 15 activists were removed from the island by the United States Marshals. In 1972, Richard Oakes was shot to death in an altercation in Sonoma County, California, New York Times. Although they did not last, they inspired many future movements and will forever remain a blueprint for activism by Native Americans. Like in 2016, Standing Rock Seahawks opposed the Dakota Access Pipeline. And in 1978, the longest walk. In 1970, activists occupy Mount Rushmore. In 1975, protesters take over the Bonneville Power Administration. In 1992, the National Coalition of Racism in Sports and Media Forms. In 2011, the Keystone XL Pipeline protests launched massive campaign. This episode is attempting to address the injustices and contemporary issues controlling Native Americans. What we should think about when we look back on this event is how they influenced many other protests in the future. I think that the overall purpose of their protest was to get recognized. Yeah, adding on to that, I know one of their goals was to influence other Native Americans to stand up for themselves. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening. We We hope hope you enjoyed enjoyed this this podcast. Alcatraz Occupation Movement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) But there were many downsides. (laughs) But there were many downsides. (laughs) Why can't we say that? (laughs) Okay, ready? Are you guys ready? The proclamation was something the Native Americans wrote on sheepskin because that's what they felt. (laughs) (laughs) That was their idea. The proclamation allowed the Native Americans... (laughs) Native American students that came to the protest that soon... What? Hold on, let me read this. Native American that students came to the protest... Wait, Native American that students came... Get it, Tama. Do that. This episode is attempting to address the injustices and contemporary issues controlling Native Americans. What we should think about when we look back on this event is how they influenced many other protests in the future. I think that the overall purpose of their protest was to get recognized. Yeah, odding on. Odding on, what's up? No, I really said odding. Please. Enjoy. Our podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) Our blooper. Please. Enjoy. Our Our blooper. Okay, okay.